guys, welcome back to my channel. Um, as you can see, we're back in my room. Just a cute little live chat. <laughs> Just you and me and like 7,000 of my best friends. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for coming. <laughs> so as you can see, I have the comments disabled right now. Mm, I know, it's so sad. I love talking to you guys. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> but we have to talk about something serious for a minute, okay? Okay. Oh, oh, um, I guess there's been a little glitch and it didn't work. Hi, I see you there, but um, no comments, okay? This has to be a serious talk. <laughs> oh, that's not very nice, but uh, we all know that I can't make everybody happy and I am so, so sorry if I have upset you in any way. That is legit the opposite of what I want to do. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, that's my home address. I guess it was you who told everyone, right? Yeah, it was you. We all know that's not okay, right? It's right in the rules of this platform. No doxing. That's what doxing is. And that's my phone number. I would try to say it wasn't real, but a lot of you have been calling me since it went live yesterday, so you know it is. And a few of you showed up here, so I can't say that that wasn't my real address either. Because you took videos, and those videos went right online. So you know it is. Guys, this isn't okay. I'm a real person. I, I do this fun, giggly, stupid stuff online because you like it, and I want you to like me. I don't have a big, empty gamer mansion full of sets in LA. This is my house in the suburbs that I share with my mom and my brother, and you can't come here. I don't know what you think is going to happen. I don't know. I don't know what you want. What do you think I'm gonna do when you get here? I'm not even that girl you see on camera when the camera isn't on. You're gonna be disappointed. And also, maybe arrested. Guys, um, I'm a junior in high school. That's right. You pervs have been asking for nudes for months from a 16-year-old girl. And um, I'm pretty sure that's not legal. I blew off math homework to do this shit. Did you know that? I know I said I was 18. I know that. I said a lot of things. But like, not everybody's real on the internet, okay? And you have to fake it till you make it, right? I was just doing what I had to do to be seen. That's enough. I'm a child and you're a grown man. What is your excuse? That. What is that? Wait. What is that? You guys are all watching this. All of you sitting here with me right now. If anything happens to me, it's not just this guy. It's not just his fault. It's also on you. Because you sat here and watched it. You saw it happen. You knew it was coming. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Ah! <clears throat> <clears throat>
Holly. I'm Leslie. And we We would be dead. the case this week, so I'm going to try and get right to some facts for you guys. But I have to say, I'm really excited because we are in the middle of drastically improving our studio. Yes, we are. It's so cool. Funded by our patrons, so thank you so much. We are creating a space to create you guys video content, Mm -hmm. which is so exciting. Yep. It's going to look super cool, and that will give us um, a a place and an opportunity to do a little bit more of that stuff for you guys. Mm -hmm. And it's so beautiful, but... I don't really feel beautiful. Yeah, right I now. Do. I know. We've just been like working really hard at it and like in a lot of fluorescent lighting, shopping for mm-hmm. chairs. Absolutely. And so it's left us kind of like dull and dried out looking. Mm, mm-hmm. And like, that's not good for video content. No, not. I am not video ready. Neither am I. So I tried all kinds of like natural masks to help, but mm-hmm. they just left me smelling like old bananas. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's just, like, not enough. Mm-mm, no, and bananas turn, like, purple when you leave them out for too long, which is gross. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go back to an old and faithful remedy this week. A nice soak in a warm tub of... Oh, me. Yeah, you. Validation, a hill worth dying on. <laughs> Last week I forgot. This week you kind of forgot. Yeah. We got to get back in the swing of things. <laughs> I didn't forget. (laughs) You're just excited? (laughs) Yeah. That's fine. Now, it might seem difficult to round up a whole tub of the stuff, but thankfully, our fiends can help us out. (gasps) How? But how? You must be asking yourself. You got that one really well. Well, I'll tell you. Simply head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and or a friendly review. Mm. It really is the only way to move this podcast forward. And Forward Motion is the name of the game in 2023, as I said last week. And the more support we get, the more we can do. And let's be honest, everybody just wants more, right? More, more, more. Mm -hmm. But if you cannot wait for more, we would be dead in your life. Well, we've got you covered there, too. You can simply support us over on Patreon. Patreon. We're on the same page this week. There, for just a small monthly donation or a large one, if you love us a lot, you will get all kinds of special love from us. There are giveaways, Zoom chats, merch offers, access to our weekly after show Host Mortem, which is available in both audio only and video formats. The videos will be much prettier soon. You'll also have access to all of our patron minisodes, our 30-minute horror movies. You'll get a little gifty in the mail from us, have an on-air toast dedicated just to you, and more. Mm. Yeah. And if all of that is too much for you, or you want to do everything... You can simply follow us over on social media. We are at Would Be Dead Pod everywhere and anywhere. You can like our content, share our content, like and share our content. Leave us a comment. Post about your favorite episode. Tell a friend. Tell a neighbor. Tell your internet friend's neighbor. What's their name? Kyle. Kyle. Yeah, that is their name for sure. Yeah. Then your friends and Kyle can become fiends and we can all hang out together. Nice. And who knows? Maybe Kyle's cool. I mean, I I like Kyle. He's probably pretty fun. He's just like the neighbor friend, you know. 
son of Pam. He's our internet friend's neighbor, though. Yeah. So he might live in a different neighborhood. We don't know. Right. Oh, or we don't know because the still... IP address is like, you don't know. Yeah, he could still be son of Pam. We don't yeah. know. This would be great if we were sponsored by a VPN right now because we could totally plug it here. So uh, anybody want to make that happen? We have a spot for you. We could just clip this right out and put your ad right here. You could be advertising your stuff right now. Yeah. We could also not know where you are located. Yeah. If you had this whatever it is. Anyway, just saying that's a good example of how we could have some ads. Yeah. And I think that's all I have before I turn before uh, we get started. Leslie, do you have anything to add before we begin? Um, I do. Holly, oh, good. Tell me. I learned something this week. <gasps> what did you learn? So actually, it was my husband John. He was uh, sending me a text with the word "snafu" in it. Cute. And he was made him think like we well, had to look up just to make sure how to spell it correctly. Oh, and you wanted to know what the acronym was? Well, he didn't know that it was an acronym, oh. and I don't know that I realized it was an acronym either. That's fun. So we found out what the acronym is. Tell us. It is situation. Well, so first, it's a military word. It's like from the military, Which and sounds, that's an acronym for them. It's adorable thinking of military people being mm-hmm. like, a snafu. Yes. <laughs> and it stands for situation normal, all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, military. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. You guys, go out in the world and use that one. Yeah. And yeah. take with you the knowledge of what it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was good. good add-on. I liked it. Thanks. Well, that's all I have. Great. All right, then. On with the show. Before we begin, I would like to define a word. Discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D, is a lack of agreement or harmony, a combination of sounds that strikes the ear harshly. That is what Discord means. Now, we do talk about the internet platform Discord a lot in this episode, um, because this week we are talking about the um, awful and very public murder of Bianca Devins. And she was very active on Discord. And I just found it so striking that the actual definition of the word does reflect this situation, but not the platform that it was named after. Hmm. Yeah. Just something I found. And Discord is, of course, the name of the episode. So there you have it. So for a young adult, 6.45 a.m. is like a weird time of day. It's a weird time of day for most people. But It could be if you're, say, you know, 19 or 20 years old, when you're getting up and getting ready for work or school. Mm. Maybe you're brushing your teeth or pouring your fancy coffee into a mason jar so you can drink it with a glass straw. Isn't that what the youths do? It is. Yeah, Mm. there you go. But it could also be the time you're just making it to bed, you know? Yeah. Say you were out late night with friends. Maybe you were talking to people online. Maybe you were gaming. That's something you like to do. A lot of people stay up all night doing that. Or maybe you work the night shift. I mean, when you're young, a lot of times you have to take shitty hours. It happens. And this is the time when you're lying in bed just trying to catch a couple hours of sleep before the whole thing starts over again. So in either situation, you probably are finding yourself mindlessly scrolling through your phone. Whether you're falling asleep or just starting your day, that's when you're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. No matter what, people are online at this point. Although I suppose people are always online, but we're not talking about the whole world just yet. We're talking about a group of young adults in Utica, New York. And it's not just any day. It's July 14th, 2019. So this is like a very 
modern case. Yeah. Right? Which is weird because it feels so far away, but... But also so close. Mm -hmm. Now, when I say New York, most of us will immediately think of New York City, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But that really couldn't be further from the truth in this case. Utica, New York, sits at the foot of the Adirondack Mountains along the Mohawk River. And that's 248 miles northwest of New York City, so it's far. Right. We've entered the land of cold winters. So cold, in fact, that Utica sees lake effect snow from Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. So, a.k.a., we're in, like, almost Canada. Right. Utica is located in Oneida County, and while it was a busy place to be in, like, the 1850s, when it was a major stop on the Underground Railroad, safely harboring over 650 fugitive slaves, good on them, or the 1950s, when organized crime and political corruption ruled the land, and newspaper men were the only people brave enough to fight back, another interesting story, today, it's a pretty sleepy place to be with a lowish cost of living and a median income of just about $31,000. So that's not quite the poverty line, but it's not super far from it. This isn't like a rich town. Mm -hmm. So just to say. And when I say young adults in this case, clearly, I'm not talking about a legion of wealthy influencers. These aren't like globetrotting people with Instagram campaigns that are like New York City or LA kids. These Mm -hmm. are just like 19-year-olds that work at the Waffle House and draw pictures they post to Discord. Right. Or take pictures of themselves looking cute in their bedrooms and imagine a different life. So this it's it's a very different thing. And that's not to say that they won't get to be fancy globetrotting people at some point. They might. You never know. But they're not right now. And they aren't being boosted into the stratosphere as children um, by like insane generational wealth or an incredibly fast-paced cultural environment. Just normal. Okay. And I think that's important to understand because in a lot of reporting on this case, they refer to Bianca as an Instagram celebrity. They are like, it girl, Instagram celebrity, influencer, like budding influencer. She was not any of those things. She had like 2,000 Instagram followers. We'll, We'll get to this a little bit more later, but the reason she's reported as such an internet phenomenon is because after her death, she gained a crazy amount of followers on all her accounts. And the media just looked at those numbers, mm-hmm. which yeah, makes sense. is clearly incorrect, but they just didn't think, oh, maybe maybe that's not what it was like a mm-hmm. week ago. Anyway, so it's July 14th, 2019. So to set the stage just a little more, Leslie, what were our lives like in 2019 before so much happened? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was thinking about 2019 and I thought about all of the carefree and gross things that we did that we would never do now. Oh, yeah. Our lives have changed so much. Yes. All right. So remember eating birthday cake after someone blew out the candles and like not worrying about it? It was such a different time. (laughs) All of us dipping our mozzarella sticks into the same marinara sauce. Maybe we were gross. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much like every single drinking game is now kind of like off the table. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. have to like reformat it somehow. You just throw in the same ping pong ball into a bunch of cups that you then drink out of and it and probably then, hit the floor. Right. And then re-pouring it into the same cups that everybody drank out mm-hmm. of. And yeah. then like, you know, wiping the ball in your shirt mm-hmm. or blowing on it or whatever. I do love though that as I got older, I remember being like, guys, can't we just pour water into the cups? And that being like, so we would just pour okay. water into, yeah, into the cups and do it that way. And then 
you know, we would just have our drink in hand. Uh-huh. You're smart. Yeah. But in I I do remember offering this up in college and everybody being like, no, why would we ever do that? <laughs> you are a buzzkill. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, holding a pole on the subway with bare hands. That was always kind of weird, but it's also something I still do because like if I have to, I will fall down and I don't want to do that. Right. But then even just like without... It was like kind of gross, but also like you didn't worry about it as much. No, we just no did I guess it. I do put my sleeve over my hand. And right. Stuff. Now I we don't put like... our sleeves. We like think about, okay, I have hand sanitizer. I'm going to wash my hands before I do anything yeah. else. Also like having to worry about even being next to somebody. Generally, like now we're just by ourselves. That's the thing. The I like elect not to sit next to a person. Yeah. I stand at the and hold on to the thing. Exactly. Instead. But now we're like separately doing that. Yeah. Whereas before we were just like under each other's armpits. It was a just, simpler like, time. Hey, yeah. Dancing on a crowded dance floor without worry. Yeah, Just if like, you're that close and people are breathing all over you. Blech. Mm-hmm. Kissing one or multiple strangers on a night out. <laughs> Just open mouth kissing yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sharing a cigarette with a friend or a group when you're outside. Oh, yeah. Right? Ooh. Sharing a joint with a friend or a group. Same. <laughs> God. Uh, sharing a water bottle with strangers in the mosh pit. <laughs> 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 Always a little sketchy, yeah. but I understand. Uh, being in a mosh pit in general. So sweaty. So sweaty. Um, or just general admissions at concerts. Like as I got you older. stood we, in the front. Yeah. Like, we just didn't do that anymore anyway. But now I like I wouldn't even want my children to do no, it. I hated that. I was mm-hmm. always the one friend that was like a step up out of it because I felt so uncomfortable with people like yeah. pushing and shoving. I never minded it. That's well, that's the other thing. People that didn't have social anxiety now have social anxiety. <laughs> Come stand up on the platform with me. Yes. <laughs> you can see better and no one will punch you in the eye. Except now we're all doing it. So it just became <laughs> too crowded. Fine. Again. Uh, sharing popcorn at the movie theater with anyone other than your family. Oh, I was going to say, I do that, but like with my husband and exactly. children. That's so, fine. Okay. But now you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this with my friends. You guys Grubby can get your hands. own. <laughs> going to the movie theater at all. Yeah. We just started kind of like making that routine again. Mm -hmm. But still, you have to get like assigned seats and you're away from other people in a lot of places. You're not not really going on overnight or uh, opening nights anymore. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. Using makeup testers or any testers at shops. Oh, yeah. I used to just use them. And now I I. I 100% second guess it. Like I, there might have been like a tinge of second guessing. But I still did it I would just with put confidence. It in my hand, but yeah, but even it. now I'm like, mm, I'm okay. No, I still will test some things, but I like bathe my hands in alcohol afterwards. Yeah. Passing your lip balm around to your friends. Oh yeah, like can like, I have some chapstick? Yeah, oh, I got no. some. <laughs> Absolutely not. Get out of here. Drinking from a public water fountain, if they even like offer that anymore. My kids love water fountains, and I'm always disgusted by the prospect of it. I'm like, get away. Uh, going to buffets. Like rough. <laughs> going to a Ruby Tuesdays just for the salad bar. <laughs> I fucking love the salad bar. No now sneeze I'm like, guard is that good. <laughs> Meeting someone new without wondering what their stance on vaccinations are and whether you care or not at the moment. Oh my god, <laughs> I hate it. Grocery shopping. Should I wear a mask? Should I not? Oh, there's already somebody down that aisle. Maybe I'll come back, or maybe I'm walking into my death. Yeah. Or maybe everyone will hate me because I coughed. No. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sneezing at a store. 
That's this so... This is why I wanted to cut you off. You can just cut that out. It's fine. <laughs> but sneezing at a store. So now when we sneeze, we fear becoming a social pariah. <sighs> or worse, a SWAT team will swarm and place you in a mandatory quarantine hold for two weeks. And your face will be all over the news as the person who dared to sneeze in a public space. I legitimately still feel panic in my soul yeah. if I'm at like ShopRite and I'm like, <coughs> I'm like, yeah. oh no, <laughs> they're going to get me. Yeah. That was terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then you sneezed into your mask at one point in time. And it was oh just, my God. I know. When I sneeze now and people like don't say anything, like they don't even like no, wish you well. You. Oh no. <laughs> I like swallow them. I'm always like, I try. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, it's so rough. But it yeah. Is rough. 2019 was a good time. Yeah, it was before we knew all of these yeah. things about how gross we are. So, yeah. There's that. I feel like I need to wash my hands. I know. Sorry, guys. You probably do, too. I hope you're not in your car. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. That was the simpler time that was 2019, before we knew anything about the novel coronavirus. So, it is July 14th, 2019. We're all sharing lip balm and having a nice time. It's 6.45 a.m., so for whatever reason, we're probably scrolling through our phone. And Leslie, like... Seeing if we have messages from the boy we kissed the night before. Open mouth, the stranger. Yeah. (laughs) We're punched in a mosh pit. It's great. So I, if I'm thinking what's the first platform these like young adults will scroll through, I think probably Instagram at that point in time. Um, yeah. Demographic wise. TikTok wasn't as big as it is right now. Mm-hmm. That's true. Plus so, there's not as much communication within TikTok. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say Instagram. Yeah. I would have said Instagram. Okay. So these kids get, you know, tap on their Instagram app because let's be real, they're not logging on a, on a computer. And slide through their feet a little bit before settling in to tap through some stories. That's like something you mindlessly do. Tappity, tappity, mm-hmm. tap. Um, they want to see what people were up to last night, which stranger they open mouth kissed. You know, like what they did, what's going on. And if they happened to be friends with a user called at Yes Juliet, they would have been met with some pretty disturbing images. Hmm. The first slide was a still from the movie Fight Club with the caption, this is your life and it's ending one minute at a time. That's a quotation from Fight Club, but the still doesn't like match up with it in my mind. So I could be wrong about the picture, but it's a Fight Club thing. Mm -hmm. And you see that and think, okay, somebody's having like a weird moment or they're like maybe a little drunk and they're like, man, don't waste your life, friends. You know, because everybody has those moments too. Whatever. Keep tapping. The second slide is a photo of the road from the viewpoint of the driver's seat of a car. It is nighttime and the shot is blurry, which shows that the car is in motion. Now, this is weird for some and dangerous for everybody. But for this account, this kind of picture was not uncommon. There are whole albums featuring this view out of the dashboard of this person's car. It's a thing they did. This particular photo, though, came with the caption, quote, here comes hell. It's redemption, right? Hmm. Cryptic. But um, also a sidebar, no, it's not. That's not what hell is. According to most religions who subscribe to it and the folklore surrounding them, hell is a location or state in the afterlife in which evil souls are subjected to punitive suffering, most often through torture as eternal punishment after death. And redemption is the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. So no, stupid, hell is not redemption. It's like the farthest thing you can get from redemption. It's you're never going to get redemption. You just got to sit there and let, you know, demons shove pins up your ass or whatever. Please please try harder next time if you're trying to be deep, please. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the next few slides were more cryptic. And if they were real, pretty disturbing. 
One was what appears to be the user's bloody arm and chest, and the other was of a small human-shaped lump under a green tarp. And both were captioned, I'm sorry, Bianca. So if these scenes are real, which at this point in time, we don't know, right? We are to believe that the user has been involved with a violent event that left someone named Bianca horribly injured or dead. Hmm. Scary. So people who knew this user on more than just an Instagram level, because if you're following someone on Instagram, chances are you probably have them on some other platforms, would then hop over to those other platforms and see if perhaps they had more information to offer. It's time to sleuth. And they did. On Snapchat, the photos were the same. But if you follow the user's trail to Discord, where their handle was at Apparatia, Apparatia, I feel like it's an apparate thing, like it's a Harry Potter reference or something, but I don't know. There was decidedly more. After the two images of the user's bloody arms and chest and the green tarped object, there was a graphic photo of what appeared to be a pretty young girl lying dead in the back of a car. Her neck slashed, eyes slightly open and pointing in different directions with the caption, quote, sorry, fuckers, you're going to have to find somebody else to orbit. Mm -hmm. Now, if you followed these feeds or hopped over to the cesspool that is 4chan, you would also find conversations like this one. It would seem that after posting those images, somebody asked the user who and where this girl was, like anybody would. They'd be like, wait, like, what is, what's happening there? Where are you? Who is that? To which he said, my fucking car. I fuck Bianca, dumbass. Anyways, remember to subscribe to PewDiePie, also to the faggot fuck Alex with the Chinese username. Hope it was worth it. She was gonna go home today. Now, the PewDiePie thing is a reference to another person who, like, murdered people and then screamed it out for fame. I think I'm not 100% sure which one it was, but I don't even want to give him credit, so it doesn't matter. So that's intense, right? Yeah. Where, where do you go from there? Well, for the people who were viewing this nightmare, which was snowballing rapidly as seconds ticked by because Discord and 4chan are public forums. This is anybody can see those. Instagram is a little less unless they're like heavily hashtagged. You really can't just randomly find them as much. Right. And the same with Snapchat. If you're not on this person's Snapchat, you're not seeing them. However, youths have way more people on Snap than I ever would and people they don't know. So right. possible, but still. Discord and 4chan is where this shit like really went out of hand. So for users on those forums, this posed a very unique conundrum because these kind of images are not what I would call abnormal. I wish I could say they were, but they're not. And a lot of times they're fake. Lots of people fake their own death on them, apparently. It's not uncommon on Discord for people to fake their own suicide to like escape a persona or something. Oh, weird. It's like a catfishy type thing. Right. Plus like, Makeup and digital altering of photos is a thing. You can, mm -hmm. you can fake those kind of pictures. I mean, TikTok is covered in people doing special effects makeup. Mm -hmm. It can be done. And, and more than that, this is also a place where people exchange gory images all the time. Okay. They're like, oh, you see this like gross thing and they'll share it with everybody. So right. yeah, because I think on the other forums, they'd be blocked. They would. They'd be sensitive yeah. content. But over here, that stuff just kind of gets to live in perpetuity. So there is no way for a lot of people to tell whether this is real, like a real horrible event, or some sort of weird team stunt between Bianca and this user to attract attention. Mm. So over on 4chan and Discord, users immediately assume it's for attention right away, which I can't totally fault them for because a lot of our brains would not go to, this is a murder. 
a lot of us would be like, oh, that has to be fake. That's not real because then I saw something horrible. So I don't want to believe that it's real. Right. Yeah. You know, but they took this way too far and just started like mercilessly mocking them and making horrifically cruel memes of the picture. This picture of this dead girl is now the source of like a bunch of memes that say like, my neck hurts and this, that, and the other thing. They're horrible. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, it's really terrible. And indicating that Bianca is some sort of attention-seeking brat. Mm. But friends who knew her started to dig deeper. They were like, wait, I can't, I need to like figure out where she was, you Mm -hmm. know? Through a chain of people who knew both this user and who happened to be a man named Brandon Andrew Clark, that is the user at Yes, Juliet, and at Apparatia. And they also knew Bianca. These are like predominantly friends of Bianca's who knew him through her. Mm -hmm. They were able to string together proof that the two of them were together the evening before. That Bianca had gone to a Nicole Dolenganger concert in New York City Mm -hmm. with Brandon and a new friend, um, a man named Alex. Or a boy. He was in his late teens, early 20s, whatever we want to call him. So Bianca was there going on a date with Alex and they needed someone to drive. Because as I mentioned before, this is a far drive from New York City, from Utica to New York City. Okay. So Brandon said he was going to drive. So the three go. What was, sorry, who, what was the name of the person with the account? Yes, Juliet. His name is Brandon Andrew Clark. Okay. And he's the one in this car. Mm -hmm. It's his car. His car. He's driving. And he's driving this girl, Bianca, and her date, Mm -hmm. Alex. And the three, because... She assumes they're all friends, so they're going to go see this show together. Right. Bianca had texted a friend all of this, so it's there, right? And other people can corroborate it. And this is because she didn't have a car and neither did Alex. So she was like, oh, we'll get get him to drive. Mm -hmm. And she implied that Alex was someone she was very interested in, that he was really nice and really cute and really, like, liked her a lot. And this is someone she, like, wanted to date. She also texted friends that the show was good. Um, that it was in a small venue with just over 100 other people in the audience. And for those of you who don't know who Nicole Dolenganger is, because I didn't, (laughs) her music is characterized by feminine high-pitched vocal style, minimal instrumentation, and lyrical themes frequently pertaining to true crime, sexuality, and romance. Mm -hmm. She's kind of like a dark little doll who sings in this high-pitched voice, which is like the absolute pinnacle of the aesthetic these people live in. So I get it. Um, And it would have then been an event full of other people, like, just like these people. (laughs) Right, right. Bianca also texted her friend at some point in the evening that, like, once the concert was over, she texts her friend and she says that um, she and Alex had kissed that night and that she thought Brandon saw them and that he was upset about it because he had a crush on her. Mm. Okay. And after that text, Bianca went silent which is kind of a red flag for any person like Bianca because these are people who lived their lives online. Yeah. Every single moment was, you know, publicized in some way. So we find out later that she ended up falling asleep in the car for a while. Fine, but not, I mean, that wouldn't have lasted forever. Mm-hmm. Someone like that, like when they woke up, would be like, just woke up, click. You know, there would be stuff. Mm-hmm. So... After her friends pieced together the fact that, yeah, she was with Brandon in his car and she stopped responding to them, they thought, oh, I feel like this is real, and quickly called 911. So I should add that all of those original posts were up at about 6.45 in the morning, and the first 911 call about this event came in at just about 7. So the sleuthing they did was fast. 
Yeah. Yeah. These people put everything together super quick. So good on them. Yeah, for sure. Police and emergency services began getting phone calls alerting them to the photos and that they were of a 17-year-old girl named Bianca Michelle Devins. She was seen last with a 21-year-old man named Brandon Andrew Clark, who had been posting the photos that, that they're talking to the police about, and they were believed to either be in his car or with his car somewhere parked. Mm. The tarp was shown outside in a seemingly partially wooded area. They weren't sure where this was, but they thought the situation was urgent. So they should try to find this car. And this is a lot of 911 calls. It's not one or two. It's a whole bunch came flooding in. Okay. And police took it seriously, which is great. Now, a lot of times they don't, we don't have that. First, officers were sent to Bianca's home to question her family. And through body cam video from one of the responding officers, that is available in the episode of 48 Hours devoted to this case and other news outlets, we can see that Bianca's mother and sister answer the door and are completely dumbfounded. The police say, like, do you know where Bianca is? And she says she went to a concert with her friends. It's far away. She should be back early in the morning. She should be back soon. So it's like, you know, six, seven hour drive. Mm -hmm. It's going to take time. And the officers say, we think someone has done your daughter harm. And they're floored. They have no idea what could have happened. And then the police say, can you try and get in touch with her? And so dutifully, Bianca's mom, Kim, and her sister, Olivia, call her and she doesn't answer. And that's all they get from the police. And then the police kind of go. Okay. So that's so scary. Terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really awful. And Kim did tell the police, like, I did send her off with a man she'd never met before, Alex, because apparently this was their first meeting, too. But Kim says she felt safe because she had met Brandon on numerous occasions and thought he would look out for her. Mm. So that's also dispelling another rumor about this case. There are a lot of um, media outlets that call this like a stalker thing, but it's not. She knew this person in real life. Like they met her family, knew him. It's very different. Okay. It's not just like a a veiled internet stalker. Right. So thankfully, police did not show the photos to Kim or Olivia because they had like a little bit of respect. They merely said, okay, well, we're going to do the best we can. We're going to keep looking into it. Please call us if she contacts you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Back at the police station, detectives were just about to begin their search for Brandon Clark's car because if, you know, you can find a registration, they can go find his car. Mm -hmm. When another call came into 911, and this call was from Brandon himself. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He immediately identifies himself very clearly, says, I'm Brandon Clark, and he tells uh, the dispatcher, a woman named Emily Smith, that, quote, there's going to be, there's a murder-suicide. He then tells Emily that he killed his girlfriend, Bianca Michelle Devins, from Utica. So very clear. Here's her name. Here's where she's from. And that, quote, I'm not going to stay on the phone for long because I still need to do the suicide part of the murder-suicide. Mm. Clearly. He then gives Emily his exact location and describes his car and the scene where he would be found. And again, she urges him to stay on the line. Now, if you've ever heard a 911 call, you know they do that the whole time. Stay on the phone, stay on the phone, stay on the phone, stay on the phone. Emily also asked for a phone number where she could call him back. So Mm -hmm. police didn't find him. She wanted to be able to call him back to find him. And to these things, Brandon responded, quote, don't call me back. You're going to fuck up my suicide photo. Classy. Oh, my God. Super classy, right? (laughs) Now, this call from Brandon. Oh, my God. Came in at a little after 7 a.m. And at this point, Brandon had already called several family members 
and delivered what seemed to them to be like an audio suicide note. Okay. So he called his family like, I love you. Thanks for everything. I'm going to die. Oh, gosh. And they were like, I'm sorry, what? So they called 911 too. Yeah. <laughs> so this case had been reported from all angles. At approximately 7.30 that morning, officers arrive at the semi-wooded area on Post Street where they find Brandon sitting on the ground next to his parked car and next to an object underneath a green tarp, which police at first thought was a sleeping bag. He was sitting there and had rigged a Bluetooth speaker to loudly play the song Test Drive by Joji. Mm. And if you want to know why, here's the lyrics to that song. And they repeat a billion times, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to do the echoes. She don't want to tell lies several times. She just want to feel alive. She just wanted more time. I'm looking for a long ride. She just want to test drive. So, okay, it's about somebody who he, like, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be with this girl forever, but she just wants to, like, screw around and then leave. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot more. I don't want to read all the lyrics to this song because I'll sound like an <laughs> asshole, but you guys can go play it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. There's there's some that, like, really come into focus for me. Things like waiting on a sacrificial life, waiting mm. on the ones who didn't fight. I told you not to waste my fucking time. I told you never sing that song you like. You're going to jump through hoops. Know how many lines you drew. No matter when you lose, everything I've done for you. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So he... So... He was pretty upset that she kissed Mm -hmm, Alex. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Woof. So police approach slowly. And as they do this, they see that under the tarp, there's like brown hair peeking out Mm -hmm. from underneath. Mm -hmm. And they recognize that this must be the body in the photos. Mm -hmm. With that, Brandon throws his body on the tarp, pulls out the knife, and slashes his own throat. Oh, my gosh. Making sure to very quickly... Take and post a <gasps> selfie before the police could get to him. I'm not kidding. Well, he's got to finish his story. <laughs> people, the people on They're scrolling through know. and they, they have to, to see know. the last slide. I can't. Records would show that right before police arrived, he also posted another selfie with the caption, thanks to everybody who was good to me. I'll miss you all. Ew, ew no. So he got ready? Yeah. He also had posted on Facebook a status saying, quote, I'm ending it today. I'm sorry to all the friends and family who wanted me to achieve. I love you all. And then he changed his Instagram profile information to include a death date and the personal quotation, quote, just know, I feel no pain now. Oh, my God. Next to him on the asphalt was spray painted the phrase, may you never forget me. Oh, my gosh. This is literally... My worst fear growing up in my adolescent age when I, like, didn't like the boy that liked me mm-hmm. and I didn't know yeah. how to, like, date somebody else or go after somebody else and my fear of, like, leading them on. And you're they're always like, what's the worst that's going to happen when they tell them that you don't like them? This. Yeah. This. Exactly. Oh, my God. How fucking ridiculous. With that, like, douchezilla arises from the ashes and stomps on everything. Like, I can't. That's so intense. Mm. There's a lot to process there, obviously. Imagine you're also the cop who walks out and was like, hey, man. And he's like, wait a minute. Selfie. Oh, and also, he doesn't die. Don't worry. He doesn't die. No. Mm -hmm. Because that is hard. I mean, we've talked to, we did through slashing before a couple weeks ago. 
And that is you have to, I mean, it's not hard, but if you miss the one vein or jugular. he did Google how to find someone's carotid artery. Okay. Yeah, but how to find someone else's. Right. Not your own, obviously. I mean, he, the the picture is, I don't, nobody look for these photos. Please, please, I'm begging you, don't do it. You could find them still? Yes, you can. I mean. You shouldn't be able to. easily? Yeah. It should, it shouldn't exist at all. And it or it should be very very difficult along around a lot yeah. of like legal walls, but it's not. And he did some pretty intense damage to his own neck. God. Like they had to like rush him to the hospital and stitch him up. It wasn't like, come on, dude, fucking try. He yeah. did try. So anyway, officers clearly jump on Brandon and get him into an ambulance that wasn't far behind them because remember he did say, "I'm gonna kill myself." Yeah. So they did, and plus they don't know if this girl is dead or not. Mm-hmm. So they did have an, an ambulance coming. They load Brandon up. They sent him away. Then they lift the tarp to confirm what they suspected. And there was Bianca Michelle Devins dead. Mm. So after they lift the tarp and they they find that this actually is a body, and this is all on, on like, um, body cam, the lead investigator tells his team immediately, they're like, he's like, you have to go to this girl's home and you have to talk to her mom and her sister right now. Do not let them find out from other people. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was too late. Oh, boy. Yeah. The images of Bianca dead were everywhere. I mean, they were everywhere. They circulated all over the place. And the sensational headline, 17-year-old Instagram celebrity murdered or e-girl murdered by jealous boyfriend in crime of passion was born. So that's how this case is always advertised. And there are several problems with these headlines. The biggest among them is that they're wrong. None of that is true. While this may seem or look like a crime of passion, we will soon find out that it very much wasn't. But to this day, that information is also still online. Mm. So who were these people and what really happened? And why did the media run so quickly with stuff they failed to check? Right. I mean, that does happen all the time. So I guess we shouldn't be super surprised. But in this case, there is an actual chain of events and it's relevant. Right. So let's dig in. I mean, I also would feel like they were probably running really fast because everything was happening so fast with all the photos. too. Yeah. And what's worse is that suddenly... Kim, Bianca's mom, starts getting inundated with like texts and emails and, you know, online messaging stuff with this image, but not from people she knows, right? from anonymous people, just with the world's worst messages, just with like, your whore daughter got what she deserved and stuff like that. And I'll get to why in a minute. Okay. But that's how she found out. Okay. Which is a nightmare. Now, of course, this poor woman saw these images and went to the same, you know, mental place most of us would go. That's not my daughter. That's been faked. That's makeup. None of this is real. Yeah. Can't wait till the police get back and we can fix this whole hoax. Mm. Okay. So let's talk about Bianca a little bit. Bianca Michelle Devins was born to her mother, Kim, when Kim was just 17. She was a senior at the time at a Catholic high school. So as good Catholic girls do, Kim also married the man that was Bianca's father and had her baby. Though Kim said she had always wanted to be a mother. So this wasn't like a devastating thing for her. She was just like, oh, I'm just going to have my baby a little earlier in life than I had planned, but I'm really excited to have a child. So she did. And Bianca was born beautiful and she was the happiest ever. Um, The two also welcomed another daughter into their life two years later. uh, Her name is Olivia. And just a few short years after that, Kim and her husband divorced. 
because as it turns out, this man was pretty emotionally abusive and an alcoholic. Mm. So Kim said, gotta go, not dealing with this anymore, and was raising her girls all on her own, which Mm. is not an easy thing to do, Mm -mm. especially when you're young. And let me say this before we move on, because there are a lot of cynical people who have very uninformed opinions about Kim, Bianca's mom, and I feel horrible for her. As I see it, Kim seems to have one of the biggest hearts ever. She's just like one of those very like big hearted, like really genuine looking people. Like when she talks, you're like, okay, yeah, this woman means what she says. And honestly, she just seems to be very kind and very trusting. And I believe she is a very good mother who loves generously and had nothing but love for her very troubled daughter. And it's important that before we get into this, you guys, we all realize that she she really did try. She really put forth an honest effort. Yeah. I mean, even divorcing her husband right. in general just shows that she is like yeah. trying. A lot of people want to point the finger and be like, this was a totally blind mom who doesn't know what her daughter's doing online and she should have been more active. There's a lot of that. But that mm-hmm. is um, very unfair. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very unfair. Um, and I also like I, I'm going to be interested to find out like the steps that she does take because I have teenage children mm-hmm. and there's only so much that you can do That's the thing. with their like online presence where you are like, you you have to give like a lot of trust to your kids. You do. And you do check in. Yeah. And there is overbearing parenting. Yeah. Which is a lot and exhausting as well to yeah. like constantly be on top of them with yeah. things. But that also backfires to be that up close and she, in their shit. I know that she did check in with her online presence. Yeah. But this is a teen girl who obviously has like six Instagram accounts, right. not one. Right. Mom only knows one. Exactly. There's you a bunch more out there so in the much. world. You can only do so much. Yeah, unless you're hacking your kid's phone and looking at stuff, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and generally at like, you know, past 14, 15, maybe 15, yeah. you kind of you stop doing the hacking yeah. in their phone if they are not giving you a lot of reason. Yeah. To hack, to take yeah, their it's phone. It's the same as like reading stuff. your child's diary. You're not yeah. going to do that unless you think something absolutely horrible is going on and they may right. have put it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, you're right. There's a certain yeah. level of trust. But Kim, you know, she did what most of us would do, you know, just kind of monitored what she could and didn't know about the other stuff. Mm-hmm. As like a parent in 2019, I don't know that I would have been like, let me make sure you don't have discord. And like a shit ton of forums that you belong to under another name. Let me make sure you don't have 10 personalities on Tumblr, none of which are registered to your actual name. Mm -hmm. She was out there in the world a lot, but it was very like anonymous. So there's, like you said, how are you going to find that? Mm -hmm. You really can't. So anyway, Kim was quoted as saying, "Uh, my entire adult life, I have been Bianca's mom. Without her, I don't know who I am. I thought that was like a pretty important thing to say. Like, this was my life. This was my child. So here's also a demonstration of the kind of woman Kim is. Her ex-husband, remember the one that was an abusive, an emotionally abusive alcoholic, went on to have several children with another woman named Kaylee Rimmer. And when the pair broke up, Kim befriended this ex because she had nowhere to go and all these children that were her daughter's half-siblings and took them all in to live with her. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Kaylee and all the kids and Kim and her two girls all lived in Kim's house. They still do. 
And the two women just parented their kids as a team and just like went about it together. Okay, I fucking love that. Right? I was like, wow, this is like real, that's real community. And also really nice because I would have wanted to be petty in that situation. I mean, yeah, maybe. I'd see like, I feel like I would have been the mom. Good for you. (laughs) I'd have been like, oh man, she is, at some point, she's going to get out of this fog with that guy. Yeah. I know what it was like. That's exactly what she did. And she's and like, you know what? These are my my kids, half siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, that's, to me, that was such a demonstration of character that I'm like, if if the internet is trying to assassinate it, like with one fact, you can counteract mm-hmm. that. Anyway, moving forward. Bianca, though a sweet and lovely child, was always kind of troubled. She was really anxious a lot. And this is not through any fault of her own. Um, And so in in elementary school, she began having extreme separation anxiety. Like she couldn't go to school. She didn't want to be anywhere away from her mother. And her mom thought, well, maybe some of this is like divorce. She's afraid that adults are going to abandon her. So she did. She got her therapy. She talked to her pediatrician. She talked to her teachers. Eventually, she got her to go to school. She did the stuff. Mm -hmm. By 13, this anxiety started manifesting in a different way um, in the form of, pretty serious depression. You have a depressed 13-year-old. Kim did the same thing. She took her to therapist. She took her to a psychiatrist. She got her on medication to try and level out whatever her mind was doing to her. But nothing really seemed to be working. Mm -hmm. And that's also very hard to watch. You're just watching your child drown in struggles and you're doing everything in your power to help them. But none of the life rafts you offer are keeping them up. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine how awful it is. It's also just combating like, even the normal like teenage yeah. mm-hmm. issues, just that yeah. that time of life where you're as a parent, you're like, I've been through something similar, mm-hmm. but this is definitely an extreme. So how do you, yeah, like it's just, it is, it's a struggle. It's really hard. So up until about ninth grade, so around this 13, 14 year old mark, Bianca had attended um, a private Catholic school, just like her mom did. But the divorce is finally, like, finalizing at this point in time. I think it was, like, pretty protracted, which mm-hmm. divorces can be, so yeah. we get it. And once it, it finished, it became clear that they didn't really have the money to send her to private school anymore. Mm. Fine. That's fine. So they send her to public ninth grade. And she does well there, actually. She makes a lot of friends. She's very popular. And she is known as, like, the girl that helps out the underdog. Like, mm-hmm. she had, like, kids in her class that got made fun of for their appearance and she liked to draw. So she would draw like a very pretty picture of them and give it to them and be like, well, I think you're pretty. You know, like that's the nicest thing in the world. Right. That's so cute. So she's like a sweet and and can be a very thoughtful person and recognizes the struggles of others Um, because she knew what it was like. And that's how she's reported by her real life friends. Her real life friends all say, no, she was kind and considerate and like, never did any wild stuff. She was just like a good girl. But that's not who she was online, Mm. obviously. And all of this positive interaction didn't really even seem to be helping Bianca. She just started to get very nervous about being at school again Mm. and became really involved in social media because in the world of the internet, she could curate who she was and be anyone she wanted. Right. Which Kim thought could be good for her. She was like, well, here's a place where She doesn't have to carry any of this with her and she can just meet people and be who she wants to be. And that's a beautiful concept, but the internet is full of the worst people in the world. Yeah. Unfortunately. 
Because in the real world, Bianca felt misunderstood. There was never really a group of friends she clicked into and could travel with. She just kind of floated. But online, where she could be whoever she wanted, she could be like a queen bee. She could have plenty of friends who all followed her around. She loved uh, like anime and Japanese art. She was talented in that sort of illustrative art form too. She's good at drawing. Um, and she shared her work a lot. And she was also very, very, very pretty. She was an aspiring model. She did have pictures and stuff like that. Um, and if when you see pictures of her, which I will only be posting the flattering ones, you'll understand, like, she could have been. She was not every girl that's a teenager that's like, I'm going to be a model is going to be a model. But, like, she could have been. Yeah, she's very cute. And she's tall and, and real thin, mm -hmm. too. Um, so she had all the stuff. But the internet has a way of turning up the dial on certain issues when it comes to very pretty, very young girls. So Bianca's online persona was a lot different than the one she presented to Kim and her peers at school. While she had one Instagram account that was mom-friendly, she had two others that weren't. Mm. And these feature lots of images of her smoking cigarettes and joints. And um, I don't quite know if this is self-harm or what the deal is, but it's a lot of picture of like her skinned knees or like a brush burn on her arm. Like, oh, fell down. It'll be like her like uh, knees with no clothes on them and like a brush burn on her knee. Oh, uh, I, don't, I don't know why, but like those were things she posted. Mm. I don't know. She's also wearing like sexy baby type clothes. That's the only way I can really put it. This is like something that like teens might think is hot, but so do pedophiles. Right. Yeah. Very popular in that like anime community where they have tons mm -hmm. of pictures of them poking their index fingers into their cheeks. Yeah. Or like just almost putting one finger in their mouth mm -hmm. and making big eyes like I did wrong. There's a lot of those pictures. Right. Um, sexy baby. <laughs> and the comments on these pages are pretty insane as well. Nearly every photo features captions or comments about her wanting to die. All of them are like, today is a good day to die. I think today I'll die. Okay, the, all so of them. Very emo. Yeah. Yeah. So much of that. She also put out a lot of misinformation about herself. Things like, you know, just different just facts about her that weren't true. Like, I have a Cuban boyfriend or I'm this or I'm that. Like, just stuff she made up. Okay. And this is just for Instagram. If you were to hop over to Discord, which is a different internet platform, it's usually mm -hmm. for gamers and people who like, they all, everybody who likes the same thing. So if you like mm -hmm. anime, you can be in a board about anime. You can mm -hmm. show people your work and talk to each other. Okay. And it's largely... Isn't, or no, that's 4chan. 4chan's largely, 4chan is largely male, male. yes. Yeah. Um, Discord, I don't know the, the like metrics on. That's a little bit, that's right. That one is That gamer. started for mostly gamers, but it has yeah. other boards now. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of this kind of stuff going on over there. So she's a member in a lot of like the anime forums and the forums that feature girls with pictures like that. Girls mm -hmm. of like, yeah, the way I just described. <laughs> and she uses like some pretty sexually explicit descriptors in her like, who I am. It's like, I'm baby. I'm a sub. I'm this. I'm that. You are 15. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just we all have to bear in mind that this is about a girl who lost her life at 17. So we're talking about a kid. Right. And she was well, often a high schooler. Let's still say yeah. high schooler too, because this is, I mean, at that from like, I would say seventh on, you start thinking about like your sexuality that's, at that point. That's fair, but it's not, I throwing mean, those out into the world is gonna is is catching some people who shouldn't 
Right. Be caught. Well, right. Not And not by no fault of her own. I'm not blaming this on her. I'm mm-hmm. simply letting you guys know what is out there. Yeah. Or was exactly. out there, I exactly. should say. And she was, of course, often engaged by older men. Mm-hmm. Of course. And she sent these guys nudes. And people her, boys her age would not know what to do with it. Nope. It's only older men that yep. are going to know. And might I remind the whole world that this is child sex abuse material. Where are these men? Why aren't we putting them in jail? Right. I know. That's what fr- they were sending her nudes is what you're saying. No, she sent oh, them she, to them. So they oh. have like naked pictures of her, of a child on their phone. Okay, yeah. So high schooler or not, legally, she's a child. Right. Anyway, I just, as a postscript, I always wonder like, what'd you do with these guys? Where are they? I know. Why aren't they in jail? Hmm. She did actually have one particularly bad interaction with an older man who had compromising photos of her. Mm. There's not a lot of details in the world. There are police reports that exist. Police were involved. Mm-hmm. This was an older guy who was taking advantage of her. And um, then there is an Instagram post on one of her, like, not mom-friendly pages from May of 2018 with her feet on like a metal floor. It looks like it might be of an ambulance. And the caption just says hospital time. Mm. And that post is like, the post before it is of the same kind of tableau, but it's like, I love you, Mark, or whatever his name was. So people, a lot of people say like, well, this is this incident with this guy. Like he tried to, it it ended badly in some way. Mm. I don't fully know all of the details. I don't know that they need to be in the world, but she did have an incident. Let's put it that way. An incident that the cops were aware of. Okay. Then during her sophomore year, Bianca started having like worse and worse panic attacks and she just couldn't go to school anymore. Mm. So Kim pulled her out and enrolled her in homebound tutoring. Okay, kid can't go to school. You're going to let her homeschool for a little while. I get it. And because of this fear of social interaction, Bianca didn't really leave the house. She was pretty afraid of the world. And she was under care at this point in time. She had a psychiatrist who diagnosed her with borderline personality disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder. Hmm. And borderline is real complicated. So I'm just going to give a real quick overview to refresh all of our memories. And I think we need to just talk more about this disorder with a professional. Maybe we'll have Andrew. We always call Andrew in. You got to come back and talk about a bunch of stuff with us. But I just want more on this from someone who has seen it. Mm -hmm. Because... We're over two years into this podcast, and I have found that this disorder is so wildly misunderstood and creates so many scary situations for the people affected and the people around them Mm -hmm. that I'd love to know a little more. But here's the rundown. Borderline personality disorder is defined as a mental illness that significantly impacts a person's emotional regulation. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, this dysregulation can result in increased impulsivity, poor self-esteem, and difficulty in relationships with others. People with this disorder are often uncertain about their identity, often causing rapid shifts in their interests. And they tend to view situations and other people in terms of extremes. Either they're all good or they're all bad. In the fifth edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the DSM-5, The criteria for borderline personality disorder, considered a personality disorder, are defined as a pervasive pattern of instability in interpersonal relationships, self-image, and affects, and marked impulsivity beginning at early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts, as indicated by five or more of the following. Fear of abandonment, unstable or changing relationships, unstable self-image, including struggles with sense of self and identity, stress-related paranoia, 
anger regulation problems, including frequent loss of temper or physical fights, consistent and constant feelings of sadness or worthlessness, self-injury, suicidal ideation or suicidal behavior, frequent mood swings, impulsive behaviors such as unsafe sex, reckless driving, binge eating, substance abuse, or excessive spending. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, people with BPD have a significantly higher rate of self-harming and suicidal behavior than the general population. They are frequently encountered in the emergency department, especially with suicide attempts. And more than one half million visits to the emergency department occur each year in the United States among those with the disorder. The incidence of suicide attempts is highest for those in their 20s, but mortality from suicide is highest for those in their 30s. So she hits a lot of those boxes, basically. Okay. Just from the behaviors we've we've seen, mm-hmm. right? And I cannot stress enough that this disorder is super complicated. And at the core of it, a lot of times, it's the person really not liking themselves. Right. Of course. So anyway, with her fear of leaving the home increasing and the fact that she's homeschooled, Bianca retreats almost entirely online. Mm-hmm. So now she doesn't do real life friends. She doesn't leave the house. She doesn't go to hang out or, you know, or even mm-hmm. go to school. She's just in her room all the time. Yeah. So she creates a ton of different personas. A lot of them on Tumblr, all with different names, all with different backgrounds. All of them like different things. Again, this is that identity thing. And she seemed to always create these personas to cater to an audience. So whatever these people she was talking to liked, she made herself exactly that thing. Mm. And that fits all the criteria we spoke about before too. Now at this point in time, Bianca had also dipped into the internet wasteland called 4chan. Okay. And um, for this case, for the first time, I actually went on to 4chan. I will never do that again. (laughs) Oh boy, I hated it just as much as I thought I would. I still have yet to do that. Mm -hmm. When in the rules, the rules of the website, you refer to people numerous times as cam whores, you're not okay. Mm-hmm. In the rules. Uh, but I went there so I could explain it to you. So here we go. The first thing you should know is that 4chan was created by a 15-year-old boy and it shows. Yeah. Yeah. All of this bullshit came from a high school sophomore. He's only like 21 now. If you ever see this guy on a panel, he looks like a child amongst adults. The platform is entirely anonymous and exclusively photo sharing or like meme creating is what it's supposed to be. And you can message board, like it has like a message board quality too. There's mm-hmm. comments and you can message people. And it's divided into forums or boards, whatever you want to call them. Some of them have rules. Some of them don't. And it is famously not well moderated, which is why Nazi propaganda and child sex abuse material thrive over there. Right. Because while it says there are moderators, nobody knows who they are. Mm. There's no one in this world that has ever said, I am a 4chan moderator. Yeah. I know nobody talks about it. Thank you. The dark web. Yeah, it basically is. According to an article in Rolling Stone, Bianca was an active member on a forum called R9K, which is advertised as a place to post original content and artwork, but in reality features a lot of younger girls who worship childlike appearances and talk a lot about being monumentally sad. And in addition to those girls, there's a ton of like right-wing men's Mm -hmm. right dudes who fucking love girls who are sad and childlike. Right. This is a horrible cocktail, but 4chan lives for it. So gross. Yeah. 
And a lot of these men, because they're almost always like grown-ass men, they call orbiters, which is that word was, you know, he put that in that one status. And this simply means they will buzz around the same girls every post. Like they comment on everything they do and they are always messaging them. They try to engage them. They might try to engage them with compliments. They might try to engage them Mm -hmm. with horrible insults. They're just trying to make them talk to them. And now when you say like grown men, we're talking, is it like the 18 to 25 year old? Is it like much older? It's the whole range. Okay. because You might find a couple younger guys Mm -hmm. for sure, but you also could find a guy in his 50s. Mm -hmm. And there's no way to tell them apart either. Right, right. So Bianca had a lot of these people. She had a lot of these like guys that kind of like flocked around her. Not enough to call her an internet celebrity, but enough to be like, a following of people. And most, you know, pretty women who have these orbiters ignore them. Mm-hmm. They like famously ignore them. That's why they orbit so that mm-hmm. you'll talk to them. But she didn't. Mm-hmm. Bianca would engage with all of these men. Mm-hmm. She wasn't like nice to them all, even if they said God awful things to her, which I have seen them do. 100% people said ridiculous mm-hmm. things to her. And her responses were always very much like, oh, I'm sorry. And let's talk about this and what's going on. They were, it was always nice. Mm. I know. And this is also where, like, she gets called an e-girl a lot. And I thought that was, like, slang for some kind of celebrity. But it's not. It's, like, an aesthetic. It's an appearance. And it's on all these boards that she's on, specialized basically in this one, like, avatar of a girl. They all look exactly the same. They look like cutouts of the same thing. So this appearance is, and you're going to know exactly what it is when I tell you, Um, They don't have to, but a lot of times they have like candy colored hair, hair cut in like a bob, Mm -hmm. or they wear like little tiny pigtails. They have like big exaggerated round looking eyes and little tiny noses that they Mm -hmm. highlight to look like a tiny little button. Mm -hmm. And then they wear like a lot of blush to make their face look like they're really embarrassed or something, like they're really flushed. Mm -hmm. And they wear like the winged eyeliner and then underneath their eye, there'll be like a little heart or a little dot. Right. And the uniform is like a striped long sleeve tight shirt and a black skirt. There's like a million TikToks of a girl who looks regular picking up a bottle that says like e-girl juice and then drinking it and turning into that. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's the the niche that she had gotten herself into. Okay. And if you ask me, I'd say for some people, it's a fucking fetish, but I could be wrong. So anyway. I mean, I would think it would be. Me too. But that's a very like anime looking it is. character. So so that seems like the right, right. path exactly. that she would find herself in. But when that phrase is used, it really just means that's what she looked like. It doesn't mean she was any kind of celebrity oh, okay. in case you're an old dope like me and you think that. Because when I looked up like e-girl just to see what it was, I, it was just a million images of girls who could have been photocopies of Bianca. Like it looked exactly right. like her. It was insane. And as I said before, she didn't have a shit ton of followers everywhere. She had the people who like liked her and commented on everything she did, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like thousands upon thousands of people. So. No, I'm looking at the pictures now. So it's not so much, I was thinking more of the, I mean, it's a little anime, but it's definitely also like I'm what, young. We would, what we would have called emo back in but our day. But it has like distinct schoolgirly vibes. Yeah. More so than even like, like Avril well, like Lavigne. the skater. It, I mean, it's definitely skater girl and doll like. Yeah, it's very doll like. Yeah, it's. I would have absolutely wished this was what I could look. Like yeah, right. And there are a lot of um. Age. There are a lot of. I read a bunch of articles. Topic. It is. 
And it, this is also referred to as bedroom fashion, not because it's like not for sex connotations, but because they like never leave their house dressing like that. No, no. They're only like that on camera. Yeah, this is, I mean, it looks like a stage performance. Exactly. So if like you put you them. go out, you, people would be like, what the fuck are you wearing? Exactly. So you would maybe wear it to like a concert. Yeah. Like it would be a costume for sure. Exactly. That's exactly right. It's a costume. It's not yeah. everyday wear. These girls wear this to take pictures of themselves, basically. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Just a, a sidetrack on what that was. And so she exists in this online world for a little while. And eventually, though, the treatment that she's getting seems to start working, seems to her mother to start working. She's paid more attention to her schooling. And she even, um, even though she graduated like homeschool, she wanted to walk with her class. So she walked across the stage in a graduation, which was huge for her because she didn't want to mm. leave the house. Yeah. And going to this concert which would be like the last night of her life, was like a huge deal for her mom too. She thought, oh my God, real life. We're going out. We're seeing people. We're going to a show. This is good. This is a good step. She said she felt like she saw kind of the sparkle coming back to her. In May of 2019, Bianca met Brandon Andrew Clark on Instagram. So they hadn't known each other long. The event happens in July. They met in May. Mm. And, but they were immediately real life friends. They met in real life very fast. And it seems like they were friends with benefits. Like they had fooled around, but she said, I plan on going to college in the fall. I'm not here for a relationship. I don't, we're not dating. We are not, this is not an exclusive thing. And she used words and said those things very clearly. Okay. But he kind of thought, nah, we're in love. <laughs> mm which is not great. And some of her friends said that um, Brandon got her high a lot and they thought that he would take advantage of her when that happened. Mm. Also not great. But nevertheless, these two people are friends in real life. Brandon had visited uh, Bianca's house on several occasions, met her family, met some of her friends. He was a presence. He wasn't just mysterious internet guy. Her family said um, he was a polite kid. Even Kim was like, this was just like a polite guy that came around and like would talk to us and was totally seemingly nice, like the kind of person you'd want your child to hang out with. Mm. Had great manners, always respectful. I had no problems with him. Well, you know, That's I guess so you wouldn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the other sad thing is that Brandon's family and friends and anybody who knew him says the same thing. They're like, he never showed any indication of any of this anywhere. He was just like a nice, normal, kind of emo, respectful kid. Okay. That's in real life, right? Right. Yeah, but who was he on the internet? Oh, God. He was a very specific kind of guy. That's who. For his just under 3,000 followers, because he's also not a web celebrity, the since-deleted, thankfully, Instagram profile, Yes, Juliet, shows a sad, swoopy-haired, black glasses-wearing, cookie-cutter emo boy. Yeah. Like, there's photocopies of him all over the place, too. In fact, this guy looks so much... Like every other bedazzled, box-dyed, neckerchief-wearing fuckboy that for a moment, I honestly thought this photo um, of him was that of, and maybe you guys listen to this podcast too, the abusive, predatory, current villain of the podcast, Something Was Wrong, Seattle native Jake Grafrod. They look almost exactly the same. I don't know. But no, it was not him. I think some of our listeners probably they have probably crossover will. there. So anyway, <laughs> according to his social media, Brandon loved anime, avoiding carbs, social media, doing pull-ups in his garage, picking the right song for every situation, 
going to the gym, and lighting a stack of chairs on fire while drinking whiskey or Bud Light. Okay. Seriously. His now deleted Instagram has like three videos of him like, here's a bottle of whiskey. Here's a stack of chairs on fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we do know that he likes to pick a song for mm-hmm. any occasion. Yeah, he sure does. He's probably made so many mixtapes in his life. I just, he seems so, he's trying to be so rough, but his, I mean, like, his Instagram name is Yes Juliet. Yes Juliet. Like the Check Yes oh, Juliet we'll, song. We'll, oh, I don't even know that song, but we'll get into why I think that is. Oh, okay. And it might it might correspond with what you're saying. Okay. Um, yeah, because I just, from when you said it, I have like the Check Yes Juliet song. I don't know that head. song. Well, we'll have to share it. Um, and disclaimer, I'm only this like harsh and roasty when it comes to incels because make no mistake about it, though Brandon did not identify directly as an incel, the community that lifted him up after this event was exclusively incels. Mm-hmm. They think he is a hero and that is really all the proof you should need. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I will roast these dudes to a crisp forever because they and their micro dick energy deserve it and way, 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 way more. I fucking hate incels. Full stop. We don't cover more of them because I get too mad. Yeah. (laughs) And the day we cover Elliot Roger is the day you hear me throw the fucking microphone. Mm. Anyway, all of this brings us to the day of the murder. Bianca had been really excited about this concert. It was a pretty big deal for her to leave the house at all at this point, because as we had mentioned, she was kind of borderline agoraphobic. Like she Mm -hmm. never left the house. So her mom, Kim, was really happy to see her wanting to go out and engage. She thought, this is a good sign. Mm -hmm. And I think any of us really kind of would, you know? And plus it was a small show and it was a road trippy type experience. And she trusted Brandon. But as safe as she thought Brandon was, that really didn't turn out to be the case. Now, though the media reported this time and time again as a crime of passion, during their investigation, the police would discover that it was anything but that. Brandon had, oh God, and I really hate this part. He had an entire, very organized checklist on his like phone and computer for the day of the murder, complete with what song he would be playing on his speakers when like the police came Mm -hmm. and yeah. Which makes sense for him Mm because he seems like he likes to curate things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Loves a playlist. His computer also showed that he had been super obsessed with Bianca. So more than just like your normal online engagement with a friend, like constant profile checking and looking and like Mm, he would like download her photos and have them on his computer and like, yeah, exactly. So So more than one would think if you were just exchanging messages with someone. Police Sergeant Michael Curley believed that Brandon Clark wanted to be famous. Oneida County District Attorney Sarah DeMillier claimed that he gave various explanations for the killing to multiple people. Now, on his computer, they also found out that he made online searches on how to find the carotid artery, how to incapacitate or kill a person, and general searches for both choking and hanging. Mm. Not great. So while Brandon was a nightmare, he may not have actually been an incel. He just happened to be someone that incels loved. Or maybe he was a true crime podcaster. We're not going to get into that. Come on, Leslie. I know. Definitely not. Or maybe he was an incel. We don't really know. He didn't have the time to get there, possibly. Who knows if he had gotten away with this or ended up just not going through with it, what else he might have done or who he could have become. Right. We don't really know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, incels are people that feel entitled to women. Mm -hmm. So he could have gotten there, basically. 
Though at this point, it seems he just wanted to be the most emo boy at the emo ball. Mm. Which is problematic all on its own. I know. And here's the worst part. Before anything went down, before any violence occurred, Brandon had pulled over the car and set up a video camera on his dashboard and gone and planted the knife within reach of where he would be when he has this ill-fated conversation with Bianca, which we'll go on to explain in a minute. So he sets up the camera, right? Mm -hmm. Plants the knife somewhere where he can get to it. Bianca is asleep the whole time in the back seat. So he's already dropped off Alex, the other party. Or maybe he didn't take him home. It's not super clear. It was just the two of them in the car at this point in time. Yeah, right. And he pulls over the car and wakes Bianca up to have this like talk, like serious talk with her. Like, I saw you kissing him. I saw you kiss that other guy. Why did you do that? And Bianca is apparently very kind about it. She says she's sorry that his feelings had been hurt, but the two of them, Brandon and Bianca, had not ever been exclusively dating. She said, you know, this is not a relationship, nor has it ever been. I did not have any obligation to you. I'm sorry that it hurt your feelings that I kissed another guy, but I wasn't, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Basically. So this is not a satisfactory explanation for Brandon, which she says, like, that's not a good explanation. And then he jumps on her and starts hitting her. Oh. Yes. Then after a couple, like, hits against it, and she's totally blindsided, according to police description of this video. They're like, she did not see this coming even a little bit. It happens absolutely out of nowhere. So he hits her a few times and then gets the knife, which is in range of his hand, right? And cuts her throat. Then he has a photo shoot. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So after all of that is when he takes the pictures of her and takes the pictures of his bloody arms and hands and like takes the, puts the tarp on her and then takes a picture of her under the tarp. So he's like curating this whole album he puts on Instagram while he goes along. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, there's, this was so planned. And the way it's presented is he saw her kiss another man and he just lost it. But that isn't what happened. That just happened to be a convenient like monkey wrench to add into the situation right. for him. Instead, it might have been more just like, why can't we be more yeah. friends? But he yeah. had the added, like, kiss to... Oh, yeah. Okay. Either... Yeah. I don't know. So then the, there's the quotation that's spray-painted on the street next to him. Now, this is a quotation from a Romeo and Juliet-style anime that both he and Bianca loved. It was a common interest between the two of mm -hmm. them. His Instagram handle, as I mentioned before, was at YesJuliet. And this indicates to me that he's kind of fixated on this archetypal story. These like mm -hmm. star-crossed lovers that couldn't be together and then they die. And it feels to me like he tried to act it out for himself. And you're familiar with the song that has the same... Yeah, the Check Yes Juliet that we brought up. <laughs> right. You said this has, it has, and you played it for me. It's basically the same. Yeah, that's, it's by We the Kings. Right. And they're talking about like, you know, I won't leave you outside your window until you leave with me yeah, and all of this. Yeah, like, it's all about like, just just say yes to me. Like, yeah, you have to say yes to me. I love you so much. But like, mm -hmm. as a 16 year old girl, that kind of through line to me would have been like, oh my God, this person loves me so deeply. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. They're just the nice guy that I have to like, to reveal themselves. Right. But as an adult, looking at it from the other side, I'm like, no. You can't make a girl say yes to you. That is horrible. That's a horrible way of thinking. Right, right. 
and then just running away with them. And mm-hmm. Leave your whole life. You have to just leave mm-hmm. your whole life without saying goodbye. That's the other part of that song. Well, it's also the trouble. It's the same trouble we always run into with Twilight, where Ugh. it's just like this desperate love mm-hmm. that is, as you get older, you're like, it's a, it's a bit unhealthy. Yeah, that's not good <laughs> for anybody. And we got to stop putting these things up on a yeah. pedestal. But I think that was that kind of love for him was like aspirational and the toxicness of it was also mm-hmm. aspirational to him, which is, mm-hmm. again, bad. So he takes all these pictures. And what became of those? Uh, I wish I could say like, oh, well, they, you know, they're, they've since gone. They've gotten rid of them. But it's worse than that. So first, the dark incel web got a hold of those photos of Bianca immediately, the second they were put on Discord and 4chan. They were on 4chan, so mm-hmm. obviously these people found it right away. And they, you know, found out a way to basically dox Bianca and find phone numbers and stuff for her mom mm-hmm. and just relentlessly sent them to her. So horrible. I know. And there's just, what is the end game here? What are you getting from this? Right. They were emailed messages, texts, to Kim with the horrible captions. Like I said before, the memes were texted to her. And this campaign of sending her all these things began before the police even had the chance to inform her of her daughter's death. And the only reason for this is, I mean, only thing is that they're incels and incels have a level of entitlement. Right. And in case we haven't discussed the definition in a little while, here's a wiki roundup um, incel crash course. An incel is an abbreviation for involuntary in, involuntary celibate. So like, I'm not having sex, but it's not because I'm choosing not to. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, and they would be a member of an online subculture of people who define themselves as unable to get a romantic or sexual partner despite desiring one. Um, which, to me, too fucking bad. You want a boy, you want a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you can't get one. That's like everybody's life at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Chill the fuck out. Discussions in incel forums are often characterized by resentment and hatred, misogyny, misanthropy, self-pity, and self-loathing, race, self-loathing, racism, and a sense of entitlement to sex. And that's key here, the entitlement. And the endorsement of violence against women and sexually active people. So that's the thing with incels. They think that because they are men, they are entitled to have sex with who they want to. They are They deserve and are entitled to having sex with women. And it is the women's fault that they're not giving them the sex that they deserve. I hate it so much. I know. That's why we don't cover more incel cases because I just get really, really mad and I can't handle it. Oh, I just shriveled up a bit. I know. You did. (laughs) It's it's really gross. The American Southern Poverty Law Center, which uh, I donate to every month and you should too, Describe the subculture as, quote, part of the online male supremacist ecosystem. So this is the men's rights situation um, that is included in their list of hate groups. Incels are mostly male and heterosexual and are often white. Let's be honest, most of the time they're white because that, uh, that is the most privileged of the privileged. Estimates of the overall size of the subculture vary greatly. And of course, they wouldn't be super public about it all the time. So, yeah, that makes sense ranging from thousands to hundreds of thousands of individuals, and I bet you it's the more, not the less. Basically, these shitbirds think they are entitled to sex, and the women who won't give it to them are to blame for their non-sex-having life, so they view them as the enemy. They see Bianca as one of these women. Mm. They see her as a tease, often referring to her in these cruel memes and things as a fembot. 
And they thought that Brandon did like an admirable thing by killing her. They're like, she wouldn't have sex with you. And you deserved sex with her whenever you wanted to. So killing her was the right thing to do. (sighs) Okay. (sighs) She's like just a girl. She's 17. And by the way, he's 21. Yeah. So basically what they're saying is, you deserve to have sex with a child whenever you want. Yeah. What? So the photos of Bianca are everywhere at that point. And her poor family and friends endured the kind of trauma most of us will never even begin to imagine. And because it's the internet, as I said before, they're still there. Despite Herculean efforts to take them down. According to multiple sources, quote, Instagram and Facebook removed Brandon Clark's account and attempted to stop the photo spreading. Facebook added the images of the murder to a digital fingerprint database and blacklisted the hashtag, hashtag YesJuliet. The Discord server that Brandon Clark utilized was shut down, so he had his own server. Uh, Users who attempted to report them on Instagram found that they were not considered violations of community guidelines. Instagram's response was met with criticism. So Instagram let them continue to post these pictures for a while. Oh, wow. Which is funny because I'm not going to talk about my community guidelines violations for nothing. And yet photos of a murder were not flagged. Right. Cool. Right. Cool. That's cool. Well, now they're definitely a bit more. Mm -hmm. I I don't even know that they're necessarily on top of it because it's still algorithms picking these up. Yep. It was reported that some images stayed on Instagram for as long as four days. (laughs) So crazy. Yeah. But I mean, have you ever tried to contact Instagram customer we, service? We have tried yeah. collectively. It's because, impossible. <laughs> listen, <laughs> I have more violations than this photo did and for not good reasons. Yeah. So <laughs> I think your photo of Dahmer sitting in a courtroom, just like red flags a, like, everywhere. Getty Images photo that's all over legally yeah. in newspapers yeah. and is like public domain. And they were like, shut it down. Shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> and I posted it two years before they said anything. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's fun. Except for a picture of an actual in real time murder stayed up for four days. Right, right. Okay, cool. Bianca's mother, Kim, claimed that by September, the images could still be found on Facebook. So this happened in July. By September, they're still there. Oh, wow. Prosecutors in the trial said the images could still be found months later. And again, people will screenshot and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, her Bianca sister Olivia reported that nearly two years later, the photos were still being sent to her personally. Mm-hmm. So horrible. Yep. Hani Farid, a scholar of digital forensics and image analysis, claimed that Instagram and other companies had tools to deal with the spread and that their inaction bordered on the criminal, this is a quotation, despite a strictly legal perspective saying otherwise. Yikes. Mm. Yeah, so like, I don't know. I feel, it feels like more could have been done and it wasn't at the on the side of like social media powerhouses. Like, you know, Instagram and Facebook should have been able to control this. And guys, yes, you can still find them. Do not look for them. Please don't do it. Because the more clicks these photos get, the more they stay in the world. And I really don't want that to happen. And I did not purposefully look them up at all for this, for the research. They did come up. Yeah. Because they're gonna. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. They're just there. And it's it's un- unfortunate, but it's also unavoidable in, mm-hmm. on some platforms. Some places they're blurred, thankfully, at this point, but some places they're not. So just don't do it. Kim said that, quote, so many people have been affected by the pictures, scarred for life and suffering from PTSD, unable to erase the image from their mind. Yeah. 
And uh, that makes sense to me. Uh, the musician Nicole Dollenganger, the concert where she mm-hmm. that she went to, um, also put out a big statement asking people to stop sharing the photos. She Good. put out a big statement for Bianca and stuff. It was actually okay. really nice. Brandon Clark first pleaded not guilty to second-degree murder on July 29, 2019, but um, he couldn't really even act right when he was in jail. He was charged during his prison stay with um, promoting prison contraband after he was caught with a shiv he made out of a toothbrush. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, also, you know, when in Rome. Yeah, right. I've got to make a toothbrush knife. Yeah. Check it off his list of things that are a must in prison. Check yes, prison knife or whatever it is. Check yes, prison knife. Are you waiting? Yep. Anyway. So then (laughs) he also wrote letters to his friends bragging about what it felt like to murder her. Not guilty, right? Mm -hmm. So he's probably guilty. I mean, he's guilty. They found him. Yeah, they found a video of it. Come on, bro. On February 10th, 2020, before his trial was set to occur, Clark changed his plea to guilty. Smart, because you were totally guilty. His sentencing was scheduled for April 7th, but it was delayed because of COVID. That's when the pandemic hit. On June 2nd, um, he thought, you know what? I don't want to be guilty after all. I'm going to change it again if that's okay. No. But it was not okay. (laughs) So he filed a notice to withdraw his guilty plea. And his claim was that his lawyer failed him. He's like, I had a public defendant and he never did his work. He didn't come to see me. He didn't inform me correctly. I'm just a dumb kid that did what I was supposed to do. But the lawyer was actually a super well-respected and amazing lawyer and human in general. Okay. And he has this like sterling record as a public defender. And he came to court when this asshole kid Brandon is like, he didn't do his job. And nailed him to the wall. Love it. This video, you should look up because it's amazing. It's him being like, well, he never came to see me. And then the lawyer's like, I came to see him 13 times and there's a record of every single time in my office and at the jail. Good. Want to tell me how I didn't come to see you? Mm -hmm. He like very quickly proves that he did his job well. Mm -hmm. So on March 16th, 2021, Brandon Clark was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. I wish there wasn't even like a minimum. I know. He has formally expressed remorse for his actions. So he has a big, long mm-hmm. statement about how he's sorry, but I don't think he deserves to have me read it. But on September 21st, 2020, so we're going to go back a little bit, the Devons family and the family of another victim introduced something called Bianca's Law, which if passed would require all social media platforms with more than $10 million in revenue and over 100,000 monthly users be required to establish an office dedicated to identifying and removing violent content that violates the platform's moderation standards. Mm. So they want the humans in charge of this. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You should have people handling this shit. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It can't just be bots. They introduced this law that would create criminal and civil penalties for spreading an image of a crime victim with the intent of glorification or harassment. Mm -hmm. So not only do you have to have people dealing with it, But there's also a law saying like, okay, well, if you are the person who did it, they should be able to track you down. And everybody, so all those meme sharers and 4chan dudes should have been slapped with, with a conviction, with like criminal Mm -hmm. charges, which I agree with. Absolutely. But before I get to the outcome of all of that and the laws and things, there is also a terrible postscript to this story. Mm. Uh, In July of 2021, Bianca Devins's family sued the Oneida County District Attorney's Office, accusing them of distribution of child pornography, which in law books, it is still called child pornography. 
We ask that when you guys refer to it anywhere and when we refer to it, it be called child sex abuse material mm-hmm. because pornography is adult content made consensually for adult consumption. So we don't want to be calling it that. Anyhow, the Devins family had learned from producers of documentaries on Bianca's murder that they had received from the DA's office footage of Bianca's death and of her having sex, as well as the contents of her phone, which included nude photos. Mm. Yeah. Allegedly, a YouTube blogger was also given these videos and photos in response to a Freedom of, a Freedom of Information Act request. That shouldn't be uh, available under the Freedom of Information Act. That's crazy. Yeah. You can't have photos of a 17-year-old having sex and nudes because of it's involved in a case. That's, that's wild. And that's still pending. That lawsuit is still pending. Okay. They, haven't, they haven't settled that yet. But mm. on the good side, thankfully, in January of 2022, so this just happened, the New York State Assembly passed a version of Bianca's Law, which criminalizes posting, sharing, or publishing personal images with intent to degrade or abuse under certain circumstances. It was signed into law by Governor Kathy Hochul at the end of December 2022. So again, like weeks ago, this yeah. happened. I was going to say, wasn't it just the end? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kim has also started a scholarship in Bianca's name for students pursuing psychology degrees. Oh. Yeah. Uh, in early 2020, Bianca's friends and family also held the B Gala in her honor to celebrate her life. They were able to showcase her artwork and raise funds for this scholarship. And we'll provide links um, where you guys can donate if you're interested. Yeah. Great. That's a very nice and worthy cause. And uh, And that's where this case ends. And it's hard because, you know, we are talking about it to say, don't go look it up. But I feel like you can read the news articles if you want. I mean, Kim Devins is very outspoken. It's easy to find things that she deems consumable about this case. And I think she feels, as I think we feel too, important that people know about this because it is the safety of a minor on the internet at the end of the day. Yeah. And we all should be more concerned with that, honestly. Kids on the internet is scary. But yeah, don't get on the dark web when it comes to this kind of stuff. Don't get into 4chan. Never again. I don't, I was there just to investigate what it was. I wasn't even on the boards that like talked about her. I just wanted to see what the platform was. Then never go back. Never, like never. Mm -hmm. I can't, it is clearly teenage boy incel heaven, paradise. You can say anything you want with no repercussions. Yeah. So I was looking up the demographics and it is, it, we did say it was mostly males. Yeah. And it's it's largely 18 to 25. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it's also like people who report their 18 to 25, which can be younger or true. older. So, that's you know. That's true. That's true. But, you know, it says just that. as much about people who are lying about their age. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, man. Toast. Toast. I mean. Well, to Bianca. Yeah. She did not deserve any of that. No, absolutely not. And uh, to her mom, Kim. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many people we could also toast in this case. Uh, You know what? I want to toast her, well, her friends that are keeping up with the mom and trying to help with all of these. Oh, they also did a really remarkable thing online. Um, Her friends and people who were like her internet friends and real life friends came together when the pervasive thing about her online was those horrible photos. They went on Instagram on all of her profiles because she was being tagged in them Mm -hmm. and just posted 
like spammed everywhere with just pretty images or like pink. Oh, that's her favorite color yeah, is yeah. pink. It was like, you just know, pink for Bianca. Yeah. It down. So they like just flooded the internet to like kill them in an algorithm mm-hmm. to just push everything down. So that was like a really smart and, and cool thing that they all were able to do. Mm-hmm. So to, to all those uh, friend warriors out there. Yeah. All right then. I guess that's all we have for this case. I know it's like kind of a satisfying end, but kind of not. Yeah. Because while they did convict the guy, there are still ways to find these photos online. Mm-hmm. So I'll be aware of what we are consuming because here's the thing, like, and I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to like take myself out of this. In the past, I've definitely been morbidly curious about things. But like, as long as we've been doing this, I can see that, you know, you're also not just harmlessly looking at something, you're giving it attention mm-hmm. that puts it in an algorithm. Mm-hmm. That there, the clicks on this stuff make it more available. So the less we click on that kind of thing, the better. Yeah. Just thought we'd add that at the end. And if we sought a peaceful escape through active discord, we we would would be be dead. Thank you for listening to the We Would Be Dead podcast. Hit subscribe now to never miss an episode. Rate and review our show on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WouldBeDeadPod. And join our Facebook group to discuss the podcast and more. Dipper agrees. Dipper's furious. He hates incels. He does. I mean, he is an enlightened eunuch at this point, so. (laughs) He's like, ladies, I'm with you. I don't have testicles anymore. <laughs>